Like, these are some weirdly grimy characters. L- Lorene Landon's hair in oh, part man. two is, like, crimped to the max yeah. in that scene. I just I was like, how do you even physically do that? She's got, like, bad Sybil Danning hair. Yeah. But Sybil Danning usually pulls it off. Exactly. Lorene Landon's just, like, wearing a windbreaker. <laughs> Sybil Danning's usually got, like, huge tits out <laughs> you're like man her hair is crazy and those boobs Lori Lana's just like i'm in this teal purple windbreaker with this crimped ponytail totally Ooh. but these movies were so like different looking you know from other movies i had seen direct to video your eyes notice a difference just mm-hmm. like my eyes recognized tv movie difference when i was a kid you you see things and it's not like a lack of professionalism. It's just a different kind of professionalism. And that's, as we've talked about before, the best part of Lustig movies is these performances he gets from good actors, but good actors doing like grimy crime horror. Oh, yeah. And super grimy. And, and the look is all part of that. William Lustig is the king of that grindhouse. Oh, yeah. Grimy, wet alleyway <laughs> yeah he Just knew these film. locations and uh he employs it pretty well in the first one and, and yeah maniac cop 2 i feel like is probably yeah it's probably universally known as kind of maybe the top yeah i don't think lustig. that's like a controversial thing yeah you know there's bruce campbell fans who obviously like the first one because that's the one he's mostly the star of but two is even regarded by lustig himself as like his best movie that's the kind of movie where, you know, this is why you got into making movies. Right. So you can make a movie like Maniac Cop 2. You know, if that's the thing you're into, this is the stuff you want to get to say you did. Mm-hmm. That's that's why you make movies, is do some of the crazy stuff in this movie. So, so I saw Maniac Cop 3 when I was 12. <laughs> and again, as I mentioned, it blew my mind without me being able to put this into words at the time. That there was a third maniac <laughs> cop movie. This was a world I didn't know. Of course. I didn't know there was one maniac cop, let alone three different films with this guy. So this was already like, there's three movies? <laughs> already into this. And it was just so different, and it really stuck with me. And by the time I saw Maniac Cop 2 when I was older, it was just like, oh, so this whole series just is better and better. Just rules, yeah. Yeah, so your history with it was, it's more recent, right? More recent. Well, when we watched, yeah, I think I mentioned it on the last one, Maniac Cop, the whole thing was just passed me by as a kid. Yeah. And it wasn't until we saw part two together, probably four, five, six years ago, it feels yeah. like now. But It was some, some late Saturday night, and it's like we were thinking about what movie to throw on, and I think yeah. it was just a, oh, Nobody else here's We'd seen Maniac wanted, Cop Two. Yeah, always wanted to watch it, and yeah, I didn't. I didn't have a problem not having seen the first one. I was like, no. okay, throw it on. <laughs> well, again, you get to see the last two minutes of the first one as the first two minutes of Maniac Cop Two. Brilliant opening because yeah, the end of Maniac Cop is such a fantastic final scene that they just slap it right onto the front yeah. of the we're gonna want to make sure people saw this and it's worth watching again even it if is. you had just watched the first one and you're binging them you're gonna watch it again because it's so <laughs> yeah. fucking good it's so it's so good lustig was right to do that in oh my opinion. yeah and then uh but man i gotta tell you maniac cop 2 right off the bat the title sequence 
Oh, sure. Fantastic. With the red lettering and the... <laughs> the cuts in the text. Way better than the uh, than the first Maniac Cop yeah. freeze frame opening <laughs> sequence, which I can't stand. <laughs> I hate it. It kills me. It really it really hurts. Yeah, well, I love right out of the gate we get the the Jay Chataway score, and he's done. He did the Maniac score, and just a good, cool. Yeah, he uh, keeps up the cool composer. creepiness. Yeah, the the Maniac Cop two score again, also the best of the three scores. They're all cool. This one's just better. Everything was just clicking perfectly yeah. in this one. Uh, the opening scene where uh, the uh, 24-hour shop gets robbed oh, sure. by that guy and the maniac cop shows up. It's almost like a RoboCop homage, essentially. Yeah. And uh, man, what a great oh sequence. Every sequence in this movie is just so tightly put together mm-hmm. and so perfectly executed. Like, it's... Yeah, like, it was almost like want to say flawless. That seems <laughs> yeah, I like know. high praise. It's crazy, but like to say. I don't see a uh, a flaw. I don't see a flaw anywhere. There was all sorts movies. of these straight to video sequel movies in that aisle. Once I discovered it, there was whole series that I'd never heard of. I didn't, I didn't know the Death Wish series. I didn't know there was mm-hmm. five of them. So yeah, it's this weird era that when you try and tell somebody about a movie who only watches like normal movies. Right. You're like, let me tell you about a great movie. This is not a normal Maniac movie. Cop 2. It's great. <laughs> and they think you're just like, what the, what does this guy watch? Like, can you imagine, like, recommending this to a coworker? Right. Coworkers that listen to this are going to be like, Maniac Cop 2. Come on, Eric. Yeah, not even exactly. the first one. Uh, it's like The Godfather, you know? Some people prefer the. <laughs> but this movie is so good. This is one of the most legitimate action movies ever. Insane stunts, the coolest uh, use of budget, mm-hmm. great makeup, great gore, great crashes, and good like horror violence. This movie is like a horror, the genre masterpiece, you know? Right. It, it ticks all the boxes. It really is one of those where nothing is left, no no stone left unturned <laughs> yeah. kind of thing, right? Like we really, we get the great makeup effects on the... Uh, Maniac Cop, we get... Maniac Cop is looking rough. Cordell yeah. is looking rough for wear by the right end from of the beginning. Two. Too, yeah, yeah, he's already looking bad, and that's what that leads us to one of our controversial scenes in the movie that uh, I think got kind of cut heavily on original release is his prison scenes. Mm. You know, our flashbacks to Maniac Cop, where we get uh, a look at a bunch of different face cutting makeup. Totally. You know, that that's uh, what leads us to our decomposing cop. We keep seeing footage of this prison knife knife slashing, you know? And so it's got that same vibe as Maniac. You know, that same bad lighting, cuts mm-hmm. and stabbings happening. Lustig knows how to film that stuff a little too well. <laughs> you know? A little too gross. Like, the like, li- l- like let our imagination do a little work. Dude, like, the- we don't have to see every... Here's the thing about second, that really stuck with me about Maniac Cop 3 is the lighting in the opening scene with Jack Earl Haley. Hmm. That fluorescent light pharmacy lighting when he's behind the bulletproof glass going crazy. Yeah. Something about that lighting just seemed scary and depressing to me. And the movie knows how to hit that scary, depressing, <laughs> just dark kind of tone all throughout. 
But this movie is just, like you said, scene to scene, Maniac Cop 2. They're all so tight. They're all such great action scenes. They're all great character development scenes. Our introduction to all these people is, there's some, again, names in this. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's crazy because this movie somehow has like nine different plots throughout the oh course my of the movie. Yeah. Like it, it opens with Bruce Campbell and, and uh, Lauren Landon. Yeah, it picks off literally right where the first movie left off. Right, and, and they're trying to tell people that it's this dead cop Matt Cordell who they were fighting and no one believes them and yeah. they don't they, they, they're trying to get back on the force so you have this like we're trying to prove that we're right and we want to get back to our job yeah and then uh, Maniac Cop promptly <laughs> disposes of this plot about 12 minutes in yeah well, uh, through the neck of Bruce Campbell the great thing and then we're on to a different plot yeah. and then from there we're, uh, it's like it sounds like such an unbelievable comparison and I, when I said that Lustig's like Hitchcock, he employs a lot of these Hitchcock tactics. And it's one of these things where the movie starts oh, yeah. right where it Janet left Lee. off. And Bruce Campbell's <laughs> back as the star of the franchise. And Bruce Campbell's off 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah. And then the star of the series becomes Laureen Landon, who's the other survivor. And she gets off 15 minutes later. <laughs> I know. And so our protagonists keep changing throughout this movie. And it kind of... These kind of weird, cool twists, and then you're you're still getting introduced to new important characters the whole time. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how <laughs> it works. Movie because you have Bruce Campbell and, and Lorraine Landon talking to uh, Susan Riley, I think is the lady's name in the in the movie, but okay. the, the the counselor, right, the psychiatric yeah. counselor. So you first get introduced to that character, then she team, you know, she gets introduced to this other cop, Robert Dobby, who's just had an <laughs> officer-involved shooting. Yeah. So suddenly he comes into the picture. Now he kind of takes over after Campbell gets killed investigating. <laughs> He's yeah. questioning Lauren Landon, thinking she did it. So now you have this plot of her having to clear her name. She's going <laughs> to go to the press. Then Maniac Cop kills her. Then it's on the psychologist Yeah, and then Claudia Christian's Dobby. into it. To now follow in, then but, then the plot turns into a serial killer team up plot. Yeah, halfway through. Oh man, yeah. Like, so once Leo Rossi gets involved, it's nuts. It's cool. But it never feels like it's off the rails. It keeps jumping no, to yeah. these new plots. It's like you just got to keep up. It's like you're running through a, a train <laughs> car. I mean, like you know? no stone unturned. Like he's just like what. What crime thing can we do? Yeah. Clear the name plot. But All it right. jumps into Throw these in new tones so well every time. And it just, oh, the way I got sucked into this movie, I think it happened to everybody I've shown it to. And it always sounds hilarious. Let me show you a movie that's going to make you rethink how action movies are done. Right. Maniac Cop 2. <laughs> All the best stuff of canon films that you looked into to see something like this was not as good as Maniac Cop 2. So this is like, oh, this is this combination of stuff that I wanted. Right. This movie. Oh, so I love it. I think it's amazing. I, re I recommend it to everyone. I think it's the perfect kind of sequel that ups the stakes, that yeah. does everything the first one does twice as big, twice as much. Uh, yeah, the scene where Lauren Landon gets it, they've got the cab... On, on its rims with the sparks flying. That that car chase. Landon grabs a chainsaw to fight <laughs> Maniac Cop. Yeah. Like, it was just like, oh, man, are you guys just 
since stumbling the, into how cool this is. Or since they're, is since they're killing of... off main characters so so quickly, every uh, you know fifth of the movie, they all get like crazy big death blowouts. Yeah. yeah, you know, and so they're all like, you keep ending this, and it's like the whole movie is con- constructed of really cool like final fifteen minutes of movies <laughs> before totally. we cut back. It's like a weirdly cut up serial, you know, every week to week. There's all this great cop kind of flavor. He does that kind of stuff really well. The kind of stuff that they don't waste time on and other things. Like, uh, I love when cops get a bunch of food. <laughs> and then they get an immediate call. That, and that they have to, hurt. like, share a look to be like, I guess we have to <laughs> throw out all of this food. They just toss the yeah the burgers and soda out the window. Yeah. Ugh, that one kills. I always cry a little inside when i see just big old heaps of food tossed in the gutter yeah out the out the window not to be enjoyed this evening (laughs) and so there's always good stuff like that all throughout the movie and we get introduced pretty quickly to a real legend of this series the the unspoken hero spiro rosados has some of his outside of the delivery van leap into the uh, Atlantic in the first one. All of the greatest Spiro is in Maniac Cop 2. That's really his highlight reel. Like, we get that third fall crash out of a window onto a van oh, yeah. parked below pretty early. Oh, and, yeah, 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 yeah. And you look at that, and it's like, oh, my God, that's high up. That is the third story. Oh, my gosh. And then uh, that that thing comes out of nowhere because you're having this Bruce Campbell, Lauren Landon emotional yeah. scene of them arguing, and then it's just like uh, breath, and then just cut to window yeah. guy crashes out of it, hits the van, rolls off, gets shot, then <laughs> yeah. pans over to Davi. That's how we get the Davi introduction. Yeah, love and it. This so stunt, that was Spiro. Yeah, coming out that was the window, him doing out the window, and hardcore. What's crazy to hear about the stunt? The way Lustig described it, because we asked him about it, it was a blind jump. Oh he couldn't God. see the van below from what he where he was running from. I mean, so he he guessed, or, or he had not, to I mean, guess from where... from three stories up that he right. would land where he needed to land. Like he knew where it was in his mind, but exactly. But there was a window between it and him that he had to also successfully crash through. God. <laughs> so yeah a blind jump you could not see his landing you just had to trust and his landing wasn't like a, a crash pad his landing was a van actual van yeah he <laughs> rolls off of it and then best case scenario you fall 22 feet onto a van that's like the good case and he's just like yeah so he hits the van and then rolls off straight off the other side one of those big Ford Econoline vans Ugh. Two bad spills in one. I, I'd love the uh, thought of him, like, of the squib or of him, like, messing up the bullet, like, shot <laughs> part after doing the whole, like, oh, gotta do it again. Run it back, Spiro. <laughs> oh, man. But these falls. People are insane. Like, why would you do that? Like, even for money, like, why would you do that? Stuntman are the coolest, man. <laughs> Stuntman are unflappable. I mean, that's the undisputed I mean, coolest group him. of people ever, right? Because I like watching it, but. Just people who professionally Crazy. fall. That's that's sick. That's the American dream right there, man. <laughs> that's that's capitalist gold. I mean, I understand the idea of like 
I get to blow shit up sure. for a living. That I get. But yeah, to be the guy who's like, and then I'll just jump out of a window and hope for the best. Oh, man. If you haven't seen I don't know the, about that. the Fall Guy, the Fall Guy is all about like, that's all about just how cool stunt guys are. It's so obvious. Oh, Burt Reynolds. Yeah, I'll do my own stunts. Jackie Chan. Spiro Rosados oh, has yeah, that yeah. Jackie Chan charisma. We brought him up when we did uh, Sudden Death. This was a Jean-Claude Van Damme, Jackie Jackie Chan movie. And this is like a lot of Spiro Jackie Chan stuff in this one. My favorite part of Maniac Cop 2 actually is the blooper reel during the end credits. Where yeah. we see all the injuries. No. <laughs> <laughs> all the Jackie Chan injuries. Jackie Chan blooper reels are a, a gift from the heavens. That's one of the that's one of the things that makes movies great, Every man. Every time he just like gets hit on the head, he's like, "Ooh!" <laughs> man, when he keeps getting trapped in a ladder, jeez, that is like the height of Buster Keaton kind of comedy. No, guy's amazing, anyway. and Spiro Rosados has these same kind of. Oh yeah, this guy's crazy. Oh, this guy's gonna make this guy's gonna get the best shot. Like, oh, it just stump stump people are the coolest. I don't know. There's there's a reason why Cliff yeah. Booth was your favorite movie character last yeah. year. No, I'm into it. Stunt, nobody but a stunt guy can have this kind of swagger, you know? It's just I, I feel like it's funny that there's like maybe there's a, a glamorous stunt that you do like the you know, Zoe, what's her name on the death proof hood oh, of the yeah. car. Well, that, like that's a glamorous, stunt. like amazing stunt. Some, that's full visual. Sometimes yeah. you get to do that and be the star. Sometimes you're a silhouette jumping out of a window, hitting a van yeah. in a brief scene 10 minutes into a movie, If and you're it not, hurts. <laughs> are you familiar with The Fall Guy? I don't think so. It the was Bur- the... Uh, it was Burt Reynolds thing? No, or? no, no. It was a Lee Majors post $6 million man. Oh, it was like a show. It, it was a TV show, yeah. I have... Okay. He was a stunt guy. And yeah, the theme song, one of the best, says, I may fall from a tall building, I may roll a brand new car, Cause I'm the unknown stuntman who made Redford such a star. Wow! There you go. That's a, that's a hot country jam to start off. But yeah, but was he solving un- murders every week as a stuntman? Or he something? would get into scraps. Okay. With uh, some roughnecks through his profession, it wasn't quite like a Michael Knight scenario where he's like a nameless man, like solving crimes with a you know no. He no. Was, He's he was the fall an, guy. He was an unknown stuntman. Okay. That's how he's able to blend in, because he's just this background stuntman. It's it's great. Okay. <laughs> FYI, it's great. So the fall Maniac guy. Maniac Cap 2. Spiro Rosados is just, he adds so much color and uh, professional class to this movie. When you see a guy, there's a reason why Jackass is still amazing today. <laughs> Yeah, Those right. guys are leaving it on the screen. Well, I was going to say, yeah, maybe authenticity is not the word, but <laughs> but realism. Yeah, there's that when you see a body get smashed. Yeah. And, and it's really getting smashed. And there's bodies smashed in this movie, man. Yeah. The stunts in this. I think if anybody that I've shown to has laughed when I tell them the movie they're going to watch is Maniac Cop 2. Nobody is laughing by the time we're in the handcuffed to the steering wheel car chase yeah absolutely nobody's laughing at that point that, <laughs> that's i remember that shuts them up i remember very distinctly watching that as a group and that's yeah about a half hour in we've got the taxi cab sparks flying on its rims yeah. we've got the chainsaw fight and then he <laughs> hand, maniac cop handcuffs a woman to a steering wheel and then just rolls the car down a hill yeah and she's got to fight her way 
into the car. There's traffic barely missing her that, the yeah, whole that, way. That was definitely the scene where I was like, this is next level. Shit. <laughs> yeah. This is, you realize the brilliant, like, yeah, it is Maniac Cop 2. Like this, wow. You know, sometimes I feel like you watch a direct to video or, uh, you know, direct to cable or something, and you feel like they're just kind of slacking, like they could do better. Yeah. And you, yeah, this is the opposite of that. This is where it's like, you guys did not have to do this. Yeah. This is, <laughs> you didn't have to achieve this, but you did. And God, that's what you. blew me away the first time I saw it is because there was that feeling of we're going beyond, we're going over the top with these stunts. Yeah. We are going to be the movie who's known for the best versions of all of these things, you know, like th- becoming infamous, you know, that's, re- how, that's how you become a cult classic. Yeah. Right? Maniac. When people think of, you know, head exploding scene, it's like scanners or it's Tom Savini blowing off his own head, mm-hmm. jumping up onto the hood of the car. Mm-hmm. That's like a crazy iconic horror image. And Maniac Cop 2. Oh, my God. Scene to scene, you get like. Oh my gosh, the crazy coolest fire stunts. The crazy coolest falls from these stuntmen, you know, these crazy car chases. Now, all in one movie. How did they do the stunt where Maniac Cop comes into the police station once again? What a scene. He just barely, first, A, he just walks right through all the plate glass in all these little offices. But there's a scene where he grabs this new commissioner and (laughs) tosses this dude across the room. It like, becomes a John Woo movie. It's an apps. It, it it is. It's a John Woo, or it's like a. a it's it, a total like superhero stunt. Like it's, yeah, the guy it's, flies it's, horizontally it's through the air, punching like, Batman through the through the building or so whatever. So this scene, it's late in the movie, but this is an iconic movie scene. I mean, this is a scene they should sh- you know they should show in film school. This is the kind of stuff. This is the ultimate, oh, this is why I make movies. Yeah, right. You get to choreograph that scene. It is such a Hong Kong wire fight scene where Maniac Cop 2, Cordell, shows maybe he's not such a bad guy after all when he murders 20 policemen <laughs> Wait, no, in a no, station. No, 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 no. It really makes you start like, we did who, this in Robocop. who is the good guy? <laughs> who is the bad guy in this? Maybe we're all the bad guy. But Cordell, he puts some positives in his favor. The way this is shot, though, it's this gorgeous, like, panoramic office set. And it's like you're seeing him charging headlong through this long string. It looked like this, these offices out of Brazil or yeah, something, Yeah, it was like this you know? weird, like, it was almost as if you, yeah, you were looking down from the ceiling. Yeah. And you're seeing this. Yeah, he's but he just charges through this thing like it's cardboard. And yeah, he's walking. But he's it like look great. Yeah, he's like Bebop or Rocksteady from the Ninja, just like he's charging through walls. Just, yeah, yeah, just absolutely. He's just walking straight through all these glass office doors, shooting four or five cops in each room he goes into. Yeah, and yeah, his choke slam across the precinct, he breaks that commanding officer through like three straight walls just with like a a throw. Great shot. Yeah, and, a couple of great shots. And it's all that. this, suddenly we get this crazy Hong Kong wire fighting with all these stuntmen getting thrown just 20 feet into a building. Like, oh my gosh, what is this movie? Yeah. that Those scenes are so great. And these grimy New York scenes, like our introduction to Leo Rossi at the strip club. Leo Rossi is like a, 
a pretty known Italian actor. Uh, shows up in tons of New York stuff mm-hmm. and uh, other Lustig stuff as well. the The main difference in this one is the beard. This is the only oh, movie yeah. I've seen. He's a with mountain this beard. man in this one. He's got a he's got giant hair. Yeah, a giant beard. Usually yeah. he's got the short sides with the slight gelled back top and a totally smooth face. And in this one, he's Charlie Manson. Totally, his yeah. shag is crazy, and he's got that beard. That is straight up Lon Chaney Jr., Paul Nashy, Wolfman style. Where's beard? Oh, your beard stops under your eyeballs. <laughs> you know, where <laughs> he's got neck beard down to his collarbones, and like the top, the cheeks go right up to his eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so his whole face is covered. He looks like Papa Smurf, but with a big black beard, and he is just doesn't stand out at all. Oh man, no, he's got for, that for a great... guy who's playing a serial killer. <laughs> He's got that not, great not Max Cady in Cape Fear fashion. Yeah. Where he's got oh, like yeah, yeah. Sanzibelt's gray slacks and like some like a blue tight polyester kind of shirt. Like even though it is the movie is set in 1990. <laughs> so he's just wearing a, yeah. Uh but it's such a great look and one of these things Lustig does is take these known actors and give them like a cool transformation. You know, in the the first one, now I'm forgetting her name, but uh, the the woman uh, who's like just limping all over the place, Sheree North. Sheree North, yes, yeah, yeah, thank yeah. you. She's like an Emmy and uh, you know acclaimed actress, right? And then just a few years after her peak success, it's just like, yeah, I'll put it in my hundred percent on this maniac cop movie. And then here's Leo Rossi, who's just takes this opportunity to sleaze it up. Usually, oh, he's man. the one playing detectives and cops. Okay, yeah, here he's the the criminal, and his whole strip club presence is just ooky. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a strip club serial killer type figure that gets introduced forty five minutes into the movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the way, yeah, <laughs> and, deep and, into and, the flick, and basically him and Cordell, the maniac cop, team up. And this one, it's funny because in the first one, there was that thing of like. We're not really sure what his plot is, Cordell. <laughs> yeah. And this one, I feel like there's a good chunk of the movie where it's like, I really don't know what this guy is doing this time. I don't I totally don't know, know all of is. Cordell. Cordell, his main motivations are finding and killing the the criminals who just you know, cut his body. Right. Or but a guy uh, down the street who just happens but to be But he there. will kill people getting in the way. He has that cop mindset. Where he will murder anyone who gets in their way. But, like, he just kills that one cop who's, like, towing a car. Oh, man. And the towing death like, is like, great. Like, how unnecessary. Yeah, that cop seemed like a pretty good egg. That's tough. That was a That's weird one. That's tough when one of the few good ones gets hung up on the back of a tow rig by his collar. They're just driven off. And I think there's, like, what a great the- swinging body. Sw- on- yeah, they show this cop hanging by the back of a tow truck, driving off, and you could see someone walking by like being like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd love to know the lack of licenses on some of these shots. Yeah, right. We, we already know with the, the parade scene's a total ambush with Ted Raimi in front of the uh, the parade crowd, you know? Right. Uh, we, we also get a... Uh, well, we get Sam Raimi in the first ones, and then Sam we get Raimi's Ted in Raimi's one. in the third one doing the same character. Ted Raimi's, yeah. You know, we've gone over this before. You show me a movie 
that Ted Raimi shows up in <laughs> that I'm not going to say good things about. Ted Raimi, you show up for two minutes in Impeccable. Candyman. Impeccable. Oh, yeah. Puts the movie to a little higher level. Yeah. He adds that 2.5% to a flick. Can't argue with it. And Lustig knows how to find those. He's such a sabermetrician. Finding this incremental value, just stocking all the bottom levels of the movie with high-end actors, you know? Well, even Maniac Cop 2, it's like the rest of the cast is Michael Lerner. You've got uh, Clarence Williams III as Clarence Williams III shows up an hour, ten minutes into the movie. and he's great. Yeah. And he's got this great memorable performance (laughs) in it. And the movie benefits for that kind of class. It, you know, class sub-joint. Charles Napier's in this one. Like you said, Michael right. Lerner. Why not? Yeah. Like how cool is it getting Michael Lerner for three scenes? Three scenes of Michael Lerner, it's like Richard Kind. Guaranteed sure. better. Nothing has ever gotten worse by throwing in Richard Kind <laughs> for two scenes. Michael Lerner, exact same. Michael Lerner shows up two scenes. Oh, this is even better. This right. movie keeps getting better. <laughs> and nobody's even been on fire for three minutes yet. Man, the fire. Lustig loves burning people, man. This guy is crazy. I, I would not want to, as a director, I love the, this car chase stuff. Oh, this gore. Yeah, great. This action stuff. I would not want to work around fire. Oh, no. Nope. Don't want to chance it. I'm they, scared of fire. The The ending of this movie has uh, Maniac Cop and several other people on fire for, I'd say, about a good three minutes of screen time. Yeah. And I obviously I, there are I feel cuts, like, but oh my God. Lord, but there are shots that are at least 20 30 seconds of, of a long guy shots of someone. a dude on fire and a lot of people on fire. People on fire getting thrown into second stories. Yes, there's not yeah. just fire going on, there's huge stunts happening. There's like a building getting wrecked by a rampaging on fire zombie cop, and he just keeps th- throwing and destroying poor victims in his path. This is his. You know, he already got his one heroic scene murdering tons of cops. (laughs) This is his, like, revenge on, you know, because the big thing was the criminals he put away now got their chance to gang up on him. That famous scene, the shower attack scene, is so much slashing. Yeah, he finally finds his way back to Sing Sing where he's Mm going to take his vengeance out on the the prisoners now that he's taken his vengeance out on the police. A cop breaking back into a prison to get revenge on his attackers that he put away. Good, uh, we talk about this a lot, good prison walk down. Mm-hmm. That, they show that clip through every one of the series, <laughs> but Cordell walking through that prison. What a gallery of ugly thugs <laughs> in this prison. Just long hair, skinny guys, and then uh, you know beefier, weird guys. Oh. <laughs> Guys all with types. shaggy Takes hair, you know? Yeah. The one guy who stabs Cordell kind of in the kidneys and then cuts his face, the little kind of ratty guy. Totally. He was in. He's in Lynch stuff. Okay. He's like a he janitor in Mulholland Drive who witnesses a murder. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking uh-huh. about. Yep, yep, yep. With yep, the yep. vacuum? Yep. Yeah, that guy shows up in weird, cool stuff. That's if, cool. There's character actors, and then there's guys like him who are like deep cut character actors you know exactly I, that's like a next tier down of, of oh yeah that guy but <laughs> totally <laughs> right like he's the, the guy he's never had a line in anything but he's in nine awesome movies <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what yeah 
Seriously, he's always in like silent. Oh man, love this dude. He keeps waiting for like that Trey Ho like breakout moment where he can like be in heat <laughs> totally, and then like become a legit actor while he's not just in the background. Oh yeah, and suddenly it's like, man, Trey Ho's getting Con Air now. Come exactly. on, come yeah, on. Exactly. <laughs> I haven't gotten a line yet. We came up together. <laughs> um, yeah, the movie just has that kind of color, and. It's so well crafted and so over the top, not in its abundance, but in its, uh, it just aggressively wants to be bigger and better and more noticeable than its contemporaries. It takes huge risks. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this stunt, but we're going to have them on fire way longer than anybody else has had a guy on fire in a movie. Yeah, I haven't checked the Guinness, but this has got to be up there for. Guy on fire on film in a movie. Yeah. Now, I know there are records for uh, uncut takes. Mm. There's kind of a famous... I don't know if it's a Spike Jones video for uh, that band Wax, where the guy... It's just like guy, guy running, running slow motion on fire. And I know that was like... When I was reading about it in Spin or whatever, <laughs> you know, four, <laughs> 14, um, I remember seeing it's like... What yeah. is that, like an analog blog or something? Yeah, what is that? Right. <laughs> God, I love loved going to this one haircut store in town that was like eight bucks, so I'd get a bad haircut, but they had Spin. So I'd just read Spin magazine and then get like a haircut I would have to grow out. Uh, but yeah, I remember reading about that video and... It was like he was on fire for like 32 straight seconds. And then it was like, I've never thought about how long would be too long for a man to be running on fire. (laughs) These are things I've never considered. And Lustig's like, let's see how long we can do. How long would that take to shoot? How many take? Yeah, that would take days to to shoot that. I got to assume that takes days. Yeah. Work with that much fire and that many people getting involved with the fire. Wow. It's. It's nuts, and I don't know who was doing that stunt. I don't know why I didn't check that. It couldn't. It, it, they had to get somebody huge, or just I don't know. Maybe it's they just a bulky put, suit or something. They wouldn't have but... put Robert Zadar <laughs> through. The, okay, it's no. totally safe, but no, 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 no. But yeah, his revenge is crazy. He breaks through the concrete wall of a building, and then we get another. We get a two man building drop from the seventh story two men on fire falling <sighs> into a bus which then explodes <laughs> because that's what you do this is when people think of just mcbain movie you know <laughs> and that kind of thing nobody realizes that all of their mcbain could be just like oh we're thinking of maniac cop 2 right <laughs> this is the movie we picture when we think of these as possibilities it has it all and but again Nothing but high-quality actors and just a sev- extreme knowledge of all these stunts and set pieces. It's just this grimy movie with this expert touch. Done with done with joy yeah. and love, yeah. too. It's, the secret ingredient is love, guys. It's great. So a little more on three. We've kind of been jumping back a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so we can get a little more into three. Like I said, badge of silence. Badge of silence, which means nothing to the plot of the movie. Mm-mm. Not sure. I actually liked a lot that they took three and put it in a new setting. They they basically do the Halloween two, put it in the hospital setting. Yes, most of this movie is in a hospital. Yeah, we get a lot of uh, Cordell hospital kills. I like that they kind of did that something new, so it's not just on the streets again. 
Sure, stalking the night street. Yeah, you know. Right out the gate, you get that same kind of professionalism. Have I been saying right out of the gate a lot? Feels like I'm talking about saying, a lot of gates. You've been saying professionalism a lot, too. Yeah. <laughs> These are professionals making this movie. There's a lot of words I repeat during certain <laughs> episodes, man. And I was just like, pretty sure I've said about 17 different things are out of the gate this afternoon. Maybe. But... I'll edit it. Uh, <laughs> Jackie Earl Haley is another classic Lustig move where you see a cool name in the credits. Yeah. And then you see a scene with them and you're like, well, there's our one scene of, uh, you know, Bo Hopkins. And you're like, oh, wait, we get three awesome scenes, four awesome scenes with Bo Hopkins. Jackie Earl Haley shows up early on as a drugstore cowboy breaking into this, that dimly lit fluorescent Right. Pharmacy that I mentioned earlier, and Jack Earl Haley blowing people away. Nineteen ninety-two, Jack Earl Haley yeah. is cool, man. Like he's he's adult. He's all grown. He's up. He's fifteen years past sure. uh, Bad News Bears. Yeah, you know this isn't breaking away, and this is right before his. He was gone for thirteen years. He has a thirteen-year hole in his resume that doesn't start up till two thousand five. So this is one of his last roles before retirement. Forced mm. retirement. He, uh, like another guy in this movie, not even in the credits, Robert Forster. Yeah. Hello. Total surprise Robert Forster appearance. They've Yeah, they sprung that on us. You know, he's a guy. <laughs> talk about a parallel with Forster. Forster's the one who chose to keep acting after 1992-93. Went into debt. Got nothing but these kind of roles in these movies. For four years later, he gets an Oscar nomination that then sends him to the most fruitful period sure. of his entire long career. Jackie Earl Haley was the guy who was like, kind of sick of doing Maniac Cop 3 junkie roles <laughs> that end with me getting shot 12 times in the chest with a shotgun yeah. on a toilet. Why? You don't like And that? then he's just like, uh, <laughs> you know, he wanted better parts. He was a great actor. He's a very talented Still. actor. But it's just like, I guess I'm just going to get a job driving limos. Pays better. Is that really it's what he rela- did? Yeah, he was a limo driver. I, do, I, yeah, I don't know the... the I'm pretty I sure know, this... I know he makes his comeback with little children. Oh, wow. And then he becomes <sighs> this It's just a total different actor. way of the Forster story. Instead yeah. of just plying his way through the years, he makes this incredible comeback. Yeah. Yeah, he started off in some kind of... He got one role in like a noir kind of... L.A. noir kind of 50s movie. Uh, I think he was recognized driving a limo. Interesting. And that kind of got him a small role, and then the next year was Little Children. Yeah, yeah. But Robert Forster's a guy who just acted in stuff nobody was seeing up until he got Jackie Brown. It just makes me think about how he maybe Uncle Sam was the movie right before Jackie Brown. Like, <laughs> it was? Like Forster's literally yeah. doing Uncle Sam, and then he's like, yeah, Quentin wants to talk to me about this. It might be something good. <laughs> might be, yeah. Maybe this will lead to something. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, then it led to the next 23 years of his career. But yeah, Forster's in here. Paul Gleason gets a couple scenes Man, in here. It's just was like, how, and again, it's like, I think we've said this before in other episodes, like, even if the movie's not great, the fact that you get to see Paul Gleason for a couple <laughs> yeah. minutes, and the fact that you get these few minutes with Robert Forster. Yeah. Like, I was just like smiling when Forster shows up on screen unannounced. I'm I just like, I'm in a happy place now. I didn't like, I didn't spoil it. It's great. No. You had no idea? I did not know. So I did not do enough research apparently. That's when I you know, know when these guys were in this. We were 
all smiling and and like, oh yeah, okay. When yeah. certain names would come up in the credits, like Frank Pesh, it's like, oh yeah. sure, it's Larry Cohen, it's Lustig. Yeah, yeah. you gotta have Gleason, Frank Pesh. Haley, and Pesh all came up. I was like, cool. And like, and okay, then, this is they, cool. And then I think you made a comment like, huh, they didn't have uh, him in the somebody combo. in here. Yeah, uh, I would have assumed Forster was in there. I don't understand uh, acting unions or any of these things. So surprise cameo we, or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Because he was in, you know, seven plus minutes of the movie. But once I was like, oh, that's weird. They aren't showing. And then it's like, oh, we'll wait. You'll see it. It's worth it. And then boom, Forster shows up we on ruined, your screen. I mean, we ruined the surprise yeah. just oh now. Oh my but... God, I'm so sorry. Shit. Yeah. Shit, 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 Why haven't you watched shit, shit, shit. everybody who's anybody's already seen Maniac Cop 3 Badge of Silence? Thank you. We aren't spoiling <laughs> anything to these people. They've all seen it. Go see the movie, guys. Forster Should really. <laughs> Forster really. Uh, <laughs> you talk about joyful performances. Uh, his lustig performances just feel like him really doing his comedy chops. Oh yeah, and this is kind of him doing the George Clooney ER doctor before the George Clooney ER doctor existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give this guy uh, another fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then check his... Uh, okay, it's 169 over... F- okay, great. Just yeah, walking amongst people, just diagnosing yeah. as he goes. Yeah, yeah really the, f- the quick moving head, uh, head doctor at this place. Cracking jokes in between diagnoses, you know? Just the cool, slick guy. Last in Uncle Sammy was the slick politician. Yes. <laughs> this one, he's like the cocky, the cocky head, head RA. And uh, he basically gets his intro talking to a cop diagnosing shit and then dying getting the x-ray death by x-ray yeah that's a new one this I think, is in the canon of uh serial killer maniac or, cop uh, three with halloween two movies. would have been a funny episode because oh, it, yeah. it is michael myers loose in a hospital this is cordell loose in a hospital kills a dude with a defibrillator oh yeah <laughs> that means he's also dragging the little rolly cart that the defibrillator's on with him guys if nothing else <laughs> the scene of cordell walking with the paddles and then the little cart dragging behind that him. little drink tray just kind of like chase, almost toppling over he's every like time chases the guy up to the roof and then has to physically like carry the machine with him up to the roof yeah Oh very my god! In, the defibrillator very ineffective apparently for killing it. He, he had to shock that guy like four times. This guy took some shots with the defibrillator. <laughs> Every showdown in this movie though is intense. Can you seriously? Again, I was eleven or twelve when I watched this movie. Already unfamiliar to everything I'm seeing, I didn't see scenes like this junky pill. This pill junkie showdown with shotguns. Right. Jackie Earl Haley is great in this movie he has uplifted a lot of genre stuff ever since his comeback it's been a cool niche for him the uh i've only seen Watchmen like one time (laughs) in the theater he's great in it though but i thought he was amazing it sounds this might sound dumb and i haven't reevaluated the movie in 10 11 12 years whenever it came out when it came out i was like Jackie Earl Haley is Oscar worthy in Watchmen. Maybe that's a dumb statement now. I don't know. I, uh, as a, someone who loves the Watchmen comic book and I read it pr- like once a year, basically, he nails that part. He's the best part of that movie by far, in my opinion. It's one of those things where I don't know if it's a good movie without Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah, you know, I don't. I think he carries he got, it over the he, finish line. He's he's one of the great like comic book to movie character at it. Like he really. Yeah was Rorschach 
in that movie. He was great in it. I've, uh, uh, I, 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 I didn't see the Nightmare on Elm Street same. reboot. Uh, I think we got to. I'm afraid. I've not I'm seen it. that one. I think we have to now since we've uh, both not seen it. But I mean, you know what? You know what? I I heard nothing but bad things about Maniac Cop Three. Yeah, and I and I really enjoyed it. So maybe you there's a lot this, of hate out there. And uh, the the talking point about knows? this movie is it's just like oh yeah, it uses most of Maniac Cop 2's footage and adds some extra stuff. That's what I thought I read. But well, the story is that you know Lustig I think walked off the set at one point. It was yeah. it was not a good like filming experience. So as we know, whenever that happens, the bad publicity just it follows. A it. lot of people write it off for yeah. that reason. He, so. I asked but him this about this legit. because because I thought it was I wasn't like you know blowing smoke up his butt. I thought <laughs> I dig it. I'm into this movie. Uh, there's times I would take it over one, depending on my mood. Well, you know, it wouldn't one... be, get better than two, but I could put it over one. The other interesting thing Maniac Cop Three is doing is it's uh, I think in the first one you talk about he's a Frankenstein. Yeah. And this is Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> there's a little Bride of Frankenstein element where he's trying to resurrect. There really is. And there's this whole new voodoo angle. Uh, oh, yeah. Santeria Julius angle, Harris as a, a voodoo Which actually chieftain. explains why he would be this zombie that keeps coming back to life. Yeah, we get a little bit more, a different so it, Cordell I like that. Uh, origin story. I like that, yeah. We get now I didn't the, hate it. No. That's... That's what's so crazy. I can't believe he was so down on this movie. I know it's like if you have a bad personal experience with something, you're just have bad memories of it. You have way less. You think way less. And he's probably heard people not love it for the last twenty years. Yeah, but I watch this and it just seems creative, cool, and the same kind of adventurous uh, risk taking that I love about the other two. So it's like I can't believe you're you're not into this. The end of this movie got me. By oh yeah. Way, by the way, I mm. actually thought this movie was wrapped up and done <laughs> in the ambulance. Yeah. I thought the movie had wrapped up. There's another he's on fire. This time he's got the bride in his arms on fire walking through this voodoo church. Dude. Davi uh eventually him and this, you know, doctor that he's now right. the new squeeze on. They seem to have defeated Cordell in this voodoo church. And she's injured. They get her in the in the ambulance. <laughs> it's the not music, like the music's coming up. Yeah, it's like oh, a nice little scene. They're gonna ride off. We're gonna see the city, you know, in the sunset or something like that. And then, bam! Maniac Cop Two shows up, still on fire. Maniac Cop is on fire in yeah. a cop car, grabbing at them. And we have a final chase. Ambulance, cop car. Dude's on fire the entire time. He's on. Yeah, we get this. <laughs> that blew me so, away, man. That ending was like, ah. So it co- yeah. That was well, that's where Return of the King got it. They saw this three, <laughs> this third entry into a movie exactly. where the guy, where the movie just doesn't end. It just keeps coming back when you think it's over, and you keep standing up and feeling like an idiot. And then Peter Jackson's like, oh shit. No, it is also great. That did happen yeah, in Return of the King. A did. guy literally got I, up like, oh, twice. I stood up. You I was sitting on the aisle. I stood. It ended seven times, and by ending six, I was like, "That is it, Got it right?" Right. And then it's like, Frodo "Oh my has god!" Sailed off. It, We're definitely after done. I had to sit back down. I'm like, I think they've probably locked the doors from the outside. <laughs> like they're not going to let any of us leave. This thing's never going to end. This does not feel Make like it that. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when when again when we interviewed him, and we talked about. All of the fire in Maniac Cop 2 and how nuts it is to work with that much fire. In his perfect way, he 
like chuckled, like scoffed and said, wait till we see Maniac Cop 3. Oh, man. He wasn't kidding. It was an even longer fire sequence, just carrying bodies with fire and... It's amazing. The final chase where he's driving a cop car... He's got his hand on fire the whole time. The car's on fire. Car. The door's been ripped off, so he's just hanging out the side of this car. Yeah. Eventually, this is what happens. It, this blew me away. The maniac cop starts pushing cars out of his way as he's driving yeah. down the street. We get a callback to Maniac Cop 2's downhill runaway car scene with the handcuff to the steering wheel. In this one, it's the out. You know, he's like out of control because he's on fire. And instead of just causing cars to like, you know, squeal out of his way with late 90 degree turns, he's leaning out of the car, shoving them (laughs) out of the way like he's the Incredible Hulk. It was insane. (laughs) Who the hell do you think you are? Maniac cop. (laughs) Yeah, it's like it's not enough for him to, yeah, just like bump a car and make it. Yeah, he does that too. A few of them, though, it's like it's like the guy like pushing the canoe off. Off to the well, side here. So at the end of no, Maniac wherever. Cop 2, that's when we, and, you know, once we, he breaks into the police station, that's where we get our first wire, like, guys' bodies getting thrown. Yep. In Maniac Cop 3, we bring that tradition back a lot. From Jackie Earl Haley's drugstore robbery, where a shotgun blast sends this cop back 20 feet crashing Rough. into a car. Oh, man, the whole movie is full of guys just, like, getting blown through walls. Really, Invasion USA in <laughs> oh, that yeah. regard. A lot of, lot of body count. Not as much as Invasion USA, but uh, they get more distance mm-hmm. on their deaths. Bodies fly in three. But yeah, we get a flaming hearse and a flaming cop car. With a cr- I mean, this is... To do this in an age with no special effects, no CGI. Nope, just had to keep redoing this on-fire car. <laughs> I can imagine. An uh, on-fire man. How, you have to reset this scene every pff, 10 seconds? Probably. I honestly don't know how you do it. I don't no. know. And I, it doesn't surprise me that you would get so frustrated doing that that you might walk off a set at one point. <laughs> yeah. Because that seems so... It seems so tedious to make a movie under the best circumstances. The story was that he had other stuff he wanted to do and wanted to focus entirely on the voodoo. Mm. But the producers, who I believe were Japanese, the financiers, I don't know, were big Robert Davi fans and insisted on more Robert Davi in the movie. And not just that, but like also kind of a love story. Like none of this was stuff Lustig wanted to do. Gotcha. So it was really like I got to find the best way to do this thing that I don't really want in the movie. Like, how do I join this story together? And there's frustration, I think, because uh, he's writing the movie. Larry Cohen gets the writing credit because of the first one. Right, but it's more like, yeah, Lustig wrote two and three. Uh, So it's like, also, I have to rewrite all this shit. And it's not, (laughs) it's just an additional job. Man. So I can see the frustration. Yeah, yeah. But watching it removed from that. Uh, I hope he comes around on this one because it's really cool. I sure did. It's awesome. Yeah. I hear a lot of bad stuff about it. And I didn't know if I was just biased because I have such a, you know, specific memory tied right, to this exactly. movie. Yeah, yeah. It's There's a nostalgia in there for uh-huh. him too. Yeah, for but, sure. So I got one great story. I think this is a good one to end on because we right. don't get better than this. 
One of those stories that I couldn't believe I was hearing when I was hearing it. From Lustig, he already said out loud that the statute of limitations are up. Okay. This kind of stuff. So okay. it's okay to tell this stuff. All right. As he's telling us, it's like, is this, a, this is not the kind of story they usually tell about their sets. Oh. <laughs> when he's making this movie, already stressed out, Robert Zadar shows up. And Robert Zadar got into this new lean diet craze. Robert Zadar, this hulking, back-kneed, steroided freak, shows up to the set tall and lean, oh, like he's an NBA center. And Lustig freaks out. This is the first time he's seen him. He's like, what did you do? <laughs> Who are you? And Zadar's like showing off his new, like healthier, lean physique instead of his gassed up muscle physique. And Lustig flips that's out. Not why we no, yeah. that's not why you're here. <laughs> that's not why you have this job. In his words, he says, no, I need big Bobby. I need big Bobby. <laughs> Lustig went and got money out of petty cash and told him buy the things you need to give me big bobby (laughs) just tell a story about how he demanded an actor get on steroids i love that or else ruin this movie hey man it's all about the picture you know that's why it's just not talked about it it comes out that nicholas cage was offered the role in the wrestler but did Hmm. not want to do what he would have to do to get his body ready for the movie. You know, it's not like, yeah, I'm not going to put needles in my butt. (laughs) Like, you don't hear that. Yeah, yeah. And so then Mickey Rourke shows up more jacked than he's ever been. It's like, oh, Rourke did not have a problem with that. that. I got that. He did it. And so, yeah, no, I need Big Bobby. <laughs> Big Bobby. There's no, he took away all the code. That, that's like, that's like, sounds like he had one of those moments where like, he just reverted to like infantile state. Like, I need Big Bobby. Yeah. But it's great. It's that perfect yeah. Italian, like, I need Big Bobby. <laughs> you know, it's like a Sopranos character. Need You can see Big Bobby as somebody on there. Oh, absolutely. And sure enough, man, nobody wants Minute Bull looking maniac cop. You need Big Bobby. Come on, Zadar. Zadar, man. You, you can't... Can you imagine how weird that would... You'd look like Quagmire from Family Guy <laughs> but, yeah. if you're skinny Zadar. <laughs> I was going to say he's skinny, but he's still got the jaws. Like, because his, his head isn't shrinking. Deformity. You'd have this huge, huge jaw, and then just be this lean jogger's body. Just like ribs no. poking through. No, Bobby. Bad idea. You have to be Robert Zadar. That's Sorry. Great. You know, sorry. Give me Big Bobby. It doesn't get better than that. This movie, it's weird to think how important the Maniac Cop trilogy is to my love of movies, but it's undeniable. I love it. It's a true, true favorite of mine. Always has a place in my heart. Absolutely. I will recommend these movies to anyone. All three are worth it. I think they're all on Shutter right now. Yes. Go watch these movies. They're they're like 85 minutes each. Take it. (laughs) afternoon Seriously. take an evening you plow through them and they're, they're order great. doesn't matter they play really. so yeah. they play so it does Flip play great coin. as one overall huge story it really does play that way i think so yeah but you came into it 213 i came into this 321 <laughs> you know and we we love them just as much if you're needing specific recommendations start with two if you're only going to have time for one of, yeah. of the three Hit, hit up two. Go for it. You'll love it. And you'll thank us. It's 
it's not they're not hidden anymore but some of these movies are kind of hiding in plain sight right they're made for constant rediscovery you know this is the kind of movie that people rediscover every three years or some random person will post a twitter shot of a guy on fire for two minutes and be like yeah Remember when this happened in Maniac Cop 2? And then suddenly everybody will hear about Maniac Cop 2 for the first time. And yeah. it's going to have that kind of durability. And the whole series is just so good. It's ripe for that new rediscovery. Yeah, Absolutely. and it always will be. And if there is a Perry Mason-style noir drama about Maniac Cop... I'll be there. Yeah, I'll be there. It'll be weird, but I'll be there. Oh, I love it. Can't believe it took us this long to do the Maniac Cops uh, series. It's come to this, though. It came huh? to this, yeah. Man. We covered them. I love it. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. Thank you guys for Watch listening. Watch Maniac Cop. Thank Good you. Night. <laughs>
yeah, yeah.